same in our eyes, but just we get a slight different Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm doing fine. Chad, how are you doing tonight? I am doing phenomenal. Awesome. That's different. <laughs> we got Chad on from the start. Yeah. All I right. thought it would be kind of rude to just pretend like he wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to ask him after oh, I okay. asked you, but it's all good. It's even better that you asked him. Normally, he he just likes to pretend I, I'm not there. So. <laughs> Do it, you hear his voice? I'm used, to the, I'm used to the abuse. Do you hear a voice, Allison? I don't. I don't There's really some hear a voice, voice currently. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> See? <laughs> Well, everybody, I was going to take the week off and let episode 300 be this week's episode, but Allison and I were talking, and we were talking about the interview she did for Josh and I when we did Where the Footprints End, and we thought, why not do the same for the Witch Cloud, and we'll bring Chad on, and we'll have a little interview and a talk about the Witch Cloud and our experiences there, and see where it goes. It'll probably go off the rails. We thought we'd do that instead of no episode at all for this week. Before we get to that, though, I want to mention we have new vinyl stickers. They're red and white with the witch's eye in red and it says Strange Familiars in white. They are printed on the, the heavy black bumper sticker vinyl, the kind we did the Awoken Tree stickers on. You can buy those in a set, a set of four vinyl stickers on Etsy. However... For anybody who orders something on Etsy for $20 or more for the next week, let's make it two weeks. Let's make it two weeks. For the next two weeks. Till, to how about till St. Patrick's Day? When is St. Patrick's Day? Always on the 17th. So is that more than two weeks? No, actually, that's way less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Through the end of March, Whoa. anybody who orders something $20 or more from our, wow, et- Tim. from our Etsy shop until the end of March, we'll give you one of these new vinyl stickers for free. We'll just pop it in the order. $20 or more. Go ahead and check that out at Etsy. I have another announcement that mm-hmm. is very much related to tonight's show. The hardcovers of The Witch Cloud have sold out. The first edition hardcover is sold out. However, I feel like you have a remedy for this. Paperback version is available on Amazon now. We have copies headed our way. We'll have copies soon. We'll get those up in Etsy if you want a signed copy of the paperback. The content of the paperback is almost the same as the hardcover. I have added an appendix about another haunted bridge in Gettysburg, the bridge on Solomon Road, which if you are a patron, you heard Chad and I visit that bridge on the last patron show. Along with that, I added a couple pieces of art and a photograph. A slight color change. Slight color change to the cover. If you got the hardback, though, the appendix has been added to the Bandcamp download page. So you might have to log in again, but that is free. You might have to re-download. I'm not sure if you can just download that track or if you have to re-download the whole thing, but if you, it'll be free for you if you already bought it. You just log back into Bandcamp and you'll get at least the audio of the appendix 
for free that way. The paperbacks, like I said, they're available on Amazon now. We will have them in a couple weeks probably. Stay tuned to the end of the episode because we have a giveaway that we're going to be talking about then. Free. Gratis. Free gratis, as Al Swearingen says. <laughs> so stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. And uh, I guess let's get into Allison torturing us about the witch cloud. This really is truly a, a real celebration. I mean, free stuff. Free stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a new expanded edition. An expanded wow. edition. The second edition expanded. Yep. Yep. And we made it all the way to 300. I was under the impression tonight that this was going to be a theatrical representation of the movie 300, but just done with people who are in the Strange Familiars world. But well, as always, I have painted on my abs. Yeah. So, yeah, just like they did in 300. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so this is a, a general question for either slash both of you. Actually, I think I'd like to get both of your opinions on this. This is sort of a general question about the area at large, and that is, uh, do you think that the existence of this weirdness and the other predated the battle at Gettysburg, or do you think that was sort of like when you talk about the Eye of Sauron kind of like moving towards you and then casting its its light onto you and then that's when the creepy stuff shows up or do you think it was there all along and that's why the battle ended up being there real quick before okay. we get into that we should probably note for anyone who hasn't heard the witch cloud shame on you <laughs> this is our episode 300 it's a book it's a multimedia project and it's something that we wrote about these two haunted bridges in gettysburg that are very close to each other. So that's what Allison is referencing with that oh, okay. question. Yeah. You can find more if you look up The Witch Cloud on our Bandcamp page or in our Etsy shop. We'll have links in the show notes as always. So to answer your question, Allison, both. Yeah, I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> yeah, yes. And um, we did dig up stuff about things happening in Gettysburg. Do both of those bridges, um, are they post-Civil War? It depends on how you look at it. So Saks Bridge existed during the Civil War in one form. Mm -hmm. But not the form. The form it is in today, it did not exist in the, during the Civil War. It's been moved. Oh, so the sort of that covered bridge. The covered bridge has been moved. Okay. I forgot the exact. It's like 100 yards or something. It's not been moved super far. Oh, okay. So it's not like down the river or anything. No, no. But it has been moved from its yeah. original position. It's been rebuilt to look like the bridge that was there, but it's not the bridge that was there. Was it, but did something happen to it during the, the war or just over time? It just needed to be re... Our guess is that they moved it off of private property and to the waterworks property. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But we, we're not sure. Oh, okay. We're not exactly sure why they moved it. It could have washed out in a flood and they just decided to you know build it in a different place. That's one of the things we're working with because it's right on the Waterworks property there. Oh, okay. So we were thinking maybe they moved it to keep it, you know, public access to it kind of thing. Oh, that makes sense. And, and I wanted to get Chad's answer to that question too. The chicken or the egg is for the other with the bridges. <laughs> well, I had already made the observation when we were there, and I even said this in the 300 episode, that I had the impression that whatever is there, 
is older than the battlefield. It was older than the war. That's true. Chad would say that repeatedly while we were there. He's like, I don't know. It's, this is very old. This is very old. I don't think anybody at the start of the Civil War thought that tiny little Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, was going to be sort of the the symbolic turning point. No. Right. So, no. so no. like, and what drew it, what drew even the battle there? I mean, that's oh. a, that's a super interesting question. That is a super interesting question. Well, a lot of it, you know, is because of just where his, it was just the a good place for them to have the battle, you know, as far as like geographical. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to set up like a a pretend battle now and do terrain and high points and low points and things to hide behind and rock outcroppings, you you know, if you're doing a dream scenario of like Warhammer or something like that, like this would be kind of it, right? Like you would have all these different points where... Exactly. But geographically speaking, isn't there what... Let's take the bridge at Columbia, for instance, which mm-hmm. if for listeners who don't know that that was burned down to keep the Confederates from crossing the Susquehanna River. Well, there was actually a battle fought there. Yeah, I know. Before they burned the bridge down. Like, wouldn't it make more sense, like, for the, the big battle to have been there, geographically speaking, like an important point on a map? Like, that's very important. Especially right? yeah. since Columbia that was, was like a, uh, the capital for a brief amount of time. and Yeah. Yeah. Well... That was the last-ditch effort. They actually tried to stop them as they came through the pass from Chambersburg through the mountains, through the South Mountains, and that failed. Then they, they drew back in the Gettysburg, and they were able to hold them in the Gettysburg. But there were units that marched past Gettysburg, you know, which we know in New York and in the Wrightsville, and they were going to stop them at the river. I mean, that was definitely the point. Of, of no return for them because people were fleeing <laughs> from Gettysburg and Hanover across the river, taking their valuables and running through York. Yeah, and everyone and in York was, York was to... leaving too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, like they were afraid that the Confederates were going to do to this area what we did to, you know, when... South Carolina. When Sherman marched to the sea. Yeah, when he burned everything down and all that. That's what they were afraid of. They, they were terrified that that was going to happen here. But it did. It did. I mean, they did still, you know, take horses from the farmers here and all that. But they were, that was their main fear. The bridge wasn't meant, they weren't trying to actually burn that down. That was actually an accident. They were only trying to blow it up. <laughs> because you can rebuild the span. Because if you blow it out, short term, you can't use it, but you can still still uh, fix it. Oh, okay. So, subtle difference the, there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, yes. Big difference, actually. And then uh, when the fire broke out, it started burning right still, and the Confederates actually did help the townspeople try and put the fire out. So, But there was some pretty nasty fighting before they got to before they did take right so back to my question sorry we went off the rails <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if there was anything spiritually that drew the soldiers there that area has been battleground for a long time most of adams county has been battleground for a long time because there was fighting in that area even before gettysburg was even created going back to the 1700s when maryland and Pennsylvania fought mm-hmm. over that land. 
And even before, I was getting ready to, to read this little passage from, this is from the Witch Cloud, from the book. If something like the Witch Cloud lingers in the area between Saxe and Eisenhower Bridges, why did it come to that place and why does it stay? If Chad is right, whatever is there predates the horrible, bloody tragedy of the Battle of Gettysburg. There are legends which tell of a great Native American battle that occurred in the area. Sometimes called the Battle of the Crows, the evidence for this battle is based on, it seems, a great amount of arrowheads and axe heads found in the area. Local author Emanuel Bushman wrote of this possible Native American battle in the Gettysburg Compiler newspaper in 1880. There's an old Indian tradition of a great battle being fought there, Bushman noted, regarding a place known as the Indian Fields near Big Round Top and Devil's Den on the battlefields. He continued writing, There were Indian arrows, tomahawks, beads, some broken pottery, and fossilized human bones found at the site. Interestingly, Bushman also wrote that early European settlers had heard, quote, Indian war whoops and told wonderful stories of ghosts and hobgoblins seen in the still hours of the night. That predates the battle. Yeah, I think Devil's Den mm-hmm. particularly, it has a it has a feel to it that's very I can see people being drawn to that area and that particular outcropping as well. Yeah. Like you were saying, conflict has seemed, for whatever reason, to be, to be around Gettysburg for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And the question is why? Are people right. drawn there to do dark things or is it all chance? You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. So to answer your question, <laughs> to get back <laughs> to where we were, yes, I think whatever was there and I had the feeling whatever was there, just based on my feeling and the experience we had, it felt older than the battle. And I think the battle just happened there, just like all the battles before it, and it might have contributed to the feel of the area and to the the memories that are there. Well, whenever I write these books like this, like this, and you know, Beyond the Seventh Gate, Don't Look Behind You, where I'm just taking one area and just digging into it, metaphorically speaking, and just pulling out anything I can find. Uh, any kind of weirdness, any kind of tragedy, any kind of violence, I do find that right. So, so Toad Road has a lot of a lot of violence and a lot of just weird stuff that happened around it. Yeah, but do you think if you were looking with a lens of like looking towards like in- incredibly positive stories of uh, bravery, of love, like that, that would be what you would find. Well, I, and I was going to say that, to, or if I just moved the lens over, you know, mm-hmm. ten miles in any direction would I be able to find the same amount of stuff? That's the question. Yeah. So I have a, this is just like a very sort of ridiculous question, but out of the two, which is your, for both of you, which is your favorite of the two bridges? Oh, Eisenhower, for sure. Really? Oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. Is that because you guys have had more experiences? There? Yeah, it's, it's as far as like going somewhere and having weird things happen, it's, if there's not people there, mm-hmm. it's right up there with Site 7. It's that dependable. Things will happen when we go there. So, yeah, Eisenhower definitely. Sachs, we never really had anything happen on Sachs. And the Eisenhower yeah. Bridge is the one that was formerly known as the Reading Bridge. Yes. Which is, you know, yeah. I think we t- you've discussed this in the book, but it just sort of happens to accidentally be the last name of one of the people we're talking to right now. <laughs> It, stunningly yeah. <laughs> so. There were Reddings, and it's not a super common name around here. It seems to be more common in Gettysburg. 
but it's it's not super common. So as I'm doing the research, I start pulling up all these Reddings, and I don't know why I didn't have you do the genealogy and see if they were direct relations of Chad's, Allison. <laughs> but the Reddings... Let's just assume. <laughs> the, I mean, what are the chances they're not? Or at least somehow related to Chad. But yes, yeah, so Chad's last name is Redding. The Redding Farm was right there. What became the Eisenhower National Historic Site at Gettysburg, that was all Redding Farm. They purchased that from the Reddings. And it was called Redding Bridge before it was called Eisenhower Bridge and, and now colloquially known as Suicide Bridge. And the Eisenhower isn't actually named in uh, remembrance of President Eisenhower. It's for his son? I think it's his son, John. Yeah, it's the John yeah. Eisenhower Bridge. And is there like a, a memorial story related to that? I don't know the, the history of it. Or is it just a, like an honorific? I think it's an honorific thing. I think Gettysburg was very excited to have President Eisenhower move there after his term. Yeah. I think that was quite the boon to the economy and the tourism. Yeah. Shining yeah. an extra light on it. it. You know, I did wonder. And, you know, honestly, of the two of us in this location, it affected Chad sooner and more than me. Which leaves me just like, is there some kind of, you know, familial bloodline connection to this land? I know this is getting... <laughs> for you, Allison, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just mad he didn't let me press the button. <laughs> There's a, we were talking about the witch cloud. There's many more opportunities. <laughs> okay. It's just, the brighter blue out of yeah, all the other ones. You okay. can just hover over right, that. There button. we go. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's just it's, it was such an amazing coincidence. We found it. It was called Reading Bridge. I was like, uh, what? And uh, yeah, so lots of Reddings in the area, and and. We did not know that when we started going there. In fact, Chad hadn't heard any of the legends regarding there until we, we went there on a whim after hiking the battlefield one night. We had to get off the battlefield at, I think it was 10 p.m. or something, and we wanted to go somewhere else. I said, oh, let's go over this bridge, and uh, that's what started it all. And this is known as uh, Suicide Bridge? To... That's what the locals call it. Okay. Yeah. The legend is that... Well, there's a couple legends mm -hmm. that people have hanged themselves from the bridge. I originally thought that they meant that people were jumping off the bridge. and that's what Like they, you might get a sprained ankle. Yeah, I was calling it broken <laughs> ankle bridge. <laughs> but no, the stories are the people hanged themselves from the bridge, Ooh. which you could do. It's, it's iron work on the yeah, bridge. You could, you could hang yourself from that. Or the one story I think Clinton told, he's a ghost guy that we met on the bridge, I think he told his ghost tour one night was that a man killed himself on the bridge. He was, like, divorced from his family or something. Problem with any of these stories, like I asked Clinton, I was like, do you, you got a name or a date on that? And he kind of went, nah. He's like, I think it's just a story. I'm like, okay. I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked, and I can find no reports of any suicides happening on that bridge. What I think happened is there's a story on Saks Bridge, supposedly three confederate soldiers were hanged there oh, okay. that as deserters and it's so close mm -hmm. that it became oh people hang themselves on bridges from from eisenhower bridge because it's it's less than a mile away and honestly if you look at the two the one is like iron open iron work and the other one's a covered bridge mm -hmm. and so the the likelihood of you being able to do that in an open ironwork bridge versus a covered bridge seems more likely the rub is the soldiers that were supposedly hanged on that covered bridge there is no historical fact to back that up you know how often i run into this idea or 
sometimes real and sometimes maybe perhaps not, of the, the, the random three Confederate soldiers. Really? Is that common? Now, at Prospect Hill, and this is legitimate in York, mm-hmm. the cemetery, there are uh, three Confederate soldiers who were not allowed to be buried within the grounds of the cemetery because there's a national cemetery within part of it, and they didn't want them in York to be buried within their cemetery, but they felt like they needed a burial. So they were buried right outside of the the, the cemetery's limits, and there's a little sign that says, one here, two there. Oh, and really? And they're unnamed Confederate soldiers. Wow. Maybe they were oh, wow. the, the, maybe they were the three that were hanged on the bridge. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the story about the hanged soldiers on the bridge is told so often in regards to Gettysburg ghost stories that people will straight face tell you it's a fact, and we can tell them like, well, no, there's no historical record of this, and they will sit there and like look you straight in the face and say, yeah, it happened. Yes, there is. Can I ask from like a strategic standpoint when people have guns and people are dying and falling everywhere, why you would take the time to publicly There you go. Hang They were supposed to be retreating too when they hang these guys. Oh, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That we, we discussed this exactly. amongst ourselves. There's how many guns do you have? Yeah, it would be and easy to just keep just, moving. Yeah. As indelicate as it is, you'd you'd pop them in the head and keep going. Yeah. And honestly, even if you didn't have time to shoot them, you just ban it, ban at them. Oof, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what <they would> do. <laughs> yeah. going down some gruesome I, alternate history. Yeah, well, when you hang somebody, you take the time to do it because it's a display, it's a warning to others. Supposedly they were left there as a warning to other deserters, but they're you're retreating. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you're <laughs> retreating. You're not they're not it's, 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 and the 20,000 people dead on the battlefield wasn't enough of a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. It's just... No, it's, apparently not. That story is not supported by history. But as we say in the book, and you know, we can get into this as much as you want, Allison, mm-hmm. people do report seeing specters of hanged Confederate soldiers there. I don't doubt that. Yeah, yeah. Th- that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I would. are there reports of... You guys talk about more of the... Here we go. <laughs> the woo version of, of ghost hunting, but are there reports on Eisenhower Bridge of people seeing specific anomalies or? No, but there's a couple we met there on the first night we went, and then I think it was the second night we went as well. They were they were also there. They were definitely there two nights that we were there, and we interview them in the book, Shannon and Bethany. And Bethany was you know she was sensitive or something, and she very much claim to be in contact with the woman who had there was some kind of tragedy with a woman there presumably related to the suicides or something but she you know she claimed she was in contact with and her name was Mary etc cetera, etc cetera. so of the reports of things people have seen there mm-hmm. it's not like people see hanged spirits there that i know of mm-hmm. it's weirder stuff there it's it's knocks and thumps and Recently, Clinton said he someone told him they saw what they assumed to be an apparition in gray. Now, whether that was a Confederate or not, mm-hmm. but wearing gray who like looked in their car windows, oh. and, and and yeah, exactly, yeah, they were parked there, <laughs> looked in their car windows and walked off. And oh, they got, that's right. They got out of the car to look for him. He was just like nobody, just dis- completely disappeared. So, the stories of the, of what people are seeing and experiencing around Eisenhower Bridge don't really seem to be focused on suicides. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, which is, and is that the perv- the most pervasive legend around that particular bridge? That's the only legend oh, okay. that the locals tell. This is a very local thing. Like to my knowledge, Suicide Bridge hasn't been any in any Gettysburg ghost story books. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm breaking new ground with that as well, but probably people will be disappointed because I'm not just reporting the legends. <laughs> um, digging into to other stuff as regards to the bridge. Yeah, so it's it's really kind of known among locals, among the local like ghost hunting groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. But most people who aren't locals, who we met on the bridge, were told about it by local ghost hunters. Oh, okay. Like we'd say, well, why are you here? Oh, so-and-so told me about it. They said this place is really spooky. What did they call it? Oh, they said it was called Suicide Bridge, you know. Oh, yeah, that'll get you to it. <laughs> there has been an uptick in people who have heard about it from the internet, Tim. As oh, yeah. As like there, there is a um, a blog entry somewhere. I forget where I found it. It's when we were start doing the bridge research. Like somebody had actually had a photo of what looked like the enti- entity that uh, Bethany and Shannon had seen. There have been people who have tried to make videos there on YouTube. Oh yeah. So there are some, there are some people who have heard on heard it through the internet, but it's still not like. If you do a search of haunted bridges in Gettysburg, Saks comes up, not right. not Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so. sure most of the people doing videos and stuff are local-ish. They might not be right from Gettysburg, but you know. They're, yeah, they're I mean, there's local. there's there's been some that I've seen that they've come from out of town, but you'll most of the time hear them like, "Yeah, we were here in town, and we just heard about this new area. We're going to go check out." Right. So there is a small internet presence, but it's still not. Nowhere near what sex is. It'll be a lot bigger after the book <laughs> gets out. Oh, absolutely. I, I think there's already been an uptick. Yeah, yeah. So. so the amount of space between the two bridges is about what? It's less than a mile, I think. I, I have the exact distance in the book. And are there any other bridges? Are there any other significant bridges in Gettysburg? Yeah. And they don't have anything mm-hmm. going on? Well, I talk <laughs> about the Solomon Road Bridge okay. is another haunted bridge that I found after we published the, the first edition, mm-hmm. I found a story about this other haunted bridge. And I said, oh, we should have included this one. So are all bridges just inherently haunted because they're liminal spaces taking you from one place to the next? Is that? I don't know. Right, here we go. Woo! <laughs> Getting a lot of use out of the woo button. <laughs> I never get to use it. It's like the only time I've gotten to use it. Bridges are incredibly liminal places if you think about it. They connect one place to another place. Yeah. They, they cross over something, usually water, but it doesn't have to be water. Usually it's something that's difficult to traverse. Mm-hmm. You've they're, got the iron a lot of times. A lot of times, they're, yeah. They're very, very liminal places. So, yeah, I mean, I have a book about haunted bridges. The guide lists, you know, haunted bridges in America. It goes through state by state and lists all these haunted bridges. The only bridge he lists in Gettysburg, by the way, is Saks Bridge. He talks about all these haunted bridges, but nowhere in this book does he get into the whys. Mm-hmm. The whys. I think sometimes, with, like particularly with Saks Bridge, it's so dark. Like you get to that point where you're kind of in the middle of it, and mm-hmm. it just seems mm-hmm. like you really are in a in a place where you go from light to darkness, and then hopefully back to light again. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's... they're bats. That's the thing I don't like about Saks Bridge. There's always <laughs> bats. <laughs> uh, this summer when we went over, I didn't notice any bats. Like we were there at night, I didn't uh-huh. notice any bats coming and going. I remember being there and actually seeing them up in the oh, rafters. Yeah, yeah you used to be able to see them, mm-hmm. look up and see them, and, and 
yeah, don't look up too much. They might pee in your eye and you have to get a rabies shot. <laughs> I, I think it's just the amount of people that go there now. Oh, yeah, just I the mean, constant people might just, oh, yeah. The constant noise. Yeah, the constant. yeah you're probably right. And, and it's more lit up now. They've lit it up more mm-hmm. as far as, like, they literally have street lamps on both sides. With COVID as activities that are where people are huddled together in masses and inside and probably dissipated a bit for the past year or two and people spread out and probably kind of went their own way on the battlefield. It seemed like ghost tours were in a big uptick during COVID. Because it's outdoors. It's outdoors yeah. and people have something to do. It, it's mm-hmm. like we were over there during mm-hmm. all throughout COVID and it's just super busy every night. They're, they're having a boom in yep. business and the ghost tours over there. But yeah, I think... I think there's something to bridges being liminal places. You know, a quote from the book, I think I said is like, the question is, isn't so much why are these bridges haunted as it is why aren't more bridges haunted? Yeah, are all bridges haunted? You know, and there's and not... maybe haunted isn't the right word. I mean, right. they, that's a judgment call. There's not stories about all bridges being haunted. I mean, there's other bridges in Gettysburg that don't have stories about them. There's bridges everywhere that don't have stories about them. But there are a lot of haunted bridge stories, and especially covered bridges. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of covered bridges with ghost stories. Is it because also they have, like, they bring to mind sort of another time? Like, when I think of covered bridges, to, in my mind, there's always a buggy going through. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. you you really think of it yeah. as being a throwback to another time. Yeah. They're kind of yeah, like yeah, a time traveling. certainly plays into it in the same way that we talk about Victorian being the time of ghosts because – it's something that people can imagine because this is the first time we had photography. So that's why so many ghost stories are placed in that era. We've talked about that before. I think it, it works the same kind of with covered bridges. Like people can imagine this. This is structure of the past. And, mm-hmm. and Yeah, and I have somewhere between like Sleepy Hollow all the way up through like just before automobiles. As far as what? In my mind, bridges. Oh, for covered you know, bridges, sure. Covered bridges are yeah. like. Yeah, absolutely. That also, when you go through a covered bridge, it's like going through a tunnel. Mm-hmm. It, you're you're in a total like little short little different world, mm-hmm. and it, it could be dark in there, and you can't see around around you as you go through, and you just see that the other area that you're going to. So it's almost like its own little place inside. Well, why aren't airplanes haunted then? Airplanes. <laughs> Yeah, like because a, they're like, liminal places, and, and yeah, liminal places, and they're you're kind of in between worlds, and yeah, I don't know. Air, airplane knows airplane's kind of a vehicle, though. That's, that that would yeah. be like a car being haunted. That'd be like Christine. Ghost ships, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm sure ghost there are ships. stories. Well, of ghost, there you go. I'm sure there yeah. are stories of ghost there planes. There you go. Yeah, what other? There are there are there stories of ghost planes. Yeah. On, actually, yeah. there are. Yeah, isn't that what alien ships are? Basically, could just be. ghost planes. I mean, they could be really. You know. Can I press the button again? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there another form of infrastructure which has so much um, interaction with the other? I, I mean, if you consider trees maybe as infrastructure, but I don't—they're naturally occurring infrastructure. Well, you have you have haunted houses. Yeah. And you have you have you have infrastructure there. You know, trains. Uh, there are ha- there are haunted roads. There are r- stretches of roads and railroads that are haunted also. That's true. Yeah, there are, there are ghost trains. Yeah, ghost we did trains, a show yeah. on that. 
So Jeff Ritzman pointed this out to me, and ever since he mentioned this, rest in peace, Jeff. Jeff was a great mind when it comes to this stuff and somebody I loved talking to and wish I had more time with him. But he was talking about this stuff, and he was talking about the number of stories you get of haunted apartments, and it seems to go against... You know, Logic, yeah. Yeah, you're, like you want to think about an old mm-hmm. Victorian rundown house being haunted. Yeah, with only two occupants over the course of 150 years. R- right, you know. exactly. And, you know. mm-hmm. But Jeff told me that, and ever since I kind of kept it in the back of my head, and when I'm interviewing people, you know, for, for Strange mm-hmm. Familiars, the number of stories that come up when people talk about weird stuff, be it hauntings or otherwise, in their apartments is incredible. More than houses, I think. And I think why is there more liminal? People are moving in There's and out. There's more transience yeah. in an apartment than some a place that you buy and you stay in for 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Not that people don't stay in apartments for that amount of time, but just in, in a generalized fashion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or I mean, and certainly around you, you know, people are moving in and out too. You're in yeah. apartment buildings usually. It's a more liminal kind of place. I Who's really think hot? Jeff had a great point there, as he had many great points. So I wonder if, like, apartments aren't another, like, Bridges apartments. You know what I mean? You were asking me for another place like mm-hmm. that. So maybe, yeah. Uh, Swimming ho- pools? Hotels. Hotels oh. and motels. Oh, yeah, are the oh, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. true. Yeah. There, once again, you have more people moving, you know, more activity. And mm-hmm. they're super liminal places, even more so than a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So you guys were using, and is this like a term that's just sort of generally used for? It's a, it's a generic term. It's a generic term. So ghost box is not a trademarked. I don't believe. Okay, that. <laughs> so you were using um, special equipment. So this is sort of like the analog version of like an EF EVP meter of some sort. Well, it's it's less that it's it's almost like um, a uh, random generator for radios. I mean, that's essentially 
what it is. It's almost like an EVP generator in, in that sense. But all it is is it scans through radio stations at random intervals. And the way we use it is the way I learned, uh, they call it the Estes method on Hellier. So some people would just turn it on and they'll ask questions. Mm -hmm. To take it a step away, I'm asking the questions. This is the way we did it. I'm behind Chad, Mm -hmm. so he can't see my lips and he doesn't know when I'm asking the questions. Mm -hmm. He's wearing headphones, Mm -hmm. so he can't hear me ask the questions. Oh, okay. He doesn't hear questions I'm asking and I don't hear what's coming over the ghost box. So okay. I can't be influenced by what's coming over the ghost box. Not consciously. Not consciously. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a good point. Absolutely fantastic point. So that's the way we use it. So when do you reconvene to find out like what the question and answer was? I'm asking the questions, and I can hear his answers. He can't. He, oh, okay. He knows what he's saying, kind yeah. of. Oh, he's just saying words. Uh-huh. So I'm. I can kind of get, and I know. I definitely know. Like when something like makes sense, quote uh-huh. unquote, as an answer. I definitely know. I'm like, ooh, you know, like, but uh, really, until I go back and listen to the recording, we don't get the full impact of it mm-hmm. because then you hear, yeah, you can hear my questions, you can hear his responses. We can't, you can't hear the ghost box in the recording, oh, okay. but you hear his his responses, and and it becomes more of a, you know, while we're doing it, I'm more just like just trying to get it done. You know, ask the questions and then kind of get the gist of the answers, but I'm not really taking it all in. Mm-hmm. But when I listened to the recording, that's when it was like, woo, like, oh, okay. There's like so- Sometimes we do a ghost box session, by the way. We did one at Hans Graf Cemetery over there in uh, Lancaster County, and it made no sense at all. It's just mm-hmm. the answer is just they didn't correspond so completely random. You couldn't even force no. an answer into it. And sometimes we do it, and it's like the questions are like seemed – Whatever Chad's saying seems to answer the questions I'm saying as best as possible. Now, is this complete randomness that we're assigning meaning to, kind of an audio pareidolia in that sense? Maybe. Is this... Site-specific? Chad and I, or Chad or I, either one of us, somehow subconsciously influencing things, in other words... Is Chad channeling his inner self or channeling my inner self? Or is it me, you know, uh, somehow projecting my inner self mm-hmm. out there? Maybe. Yeah, and I wonder if the if the interaction was such where you didn't know the person, the other person as well. That, like the fact that, that, that you guys are probably really, an absolute really good friends. That yes. I feel like that dynamic is different than the dynamic would be with someone who's a that stranger. E- yeah, e- that either a you didn't really trust them on one level, or didn't know them enough to have that kind of trust. I think you're absolutely right. I, I that makes me want to try it with a complete stranger. Yeah, with a totally random. Yeah, that because Chad and I have been investigating for years together now, so we definitely have that trust and, and we know each other that well. Or the other option is, is there something else? And if, if there's an external thing that's using the ghost box, mm-hmm. right? Look at like a Ouija board kind of thing? Kind of like a Ouija board. Yeah. And by the way, I, I don't know which it is. Yeah. And I really don't care because how, I think it's, How would you? How would you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's cool either way. Yeah. Like if it, if it is 
our subconscious that we're communicating with in some way. I think that's super cool. That's if what it, I thought was like I I've never really got like a really spooky thing from a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have one weird experience like as a kid where something came true that someone predicted, but mm-hmm. other than that, I didn't think of it as like a like to me the idea that um it's like a, a spirit that you've brought in that you're that that is talking through you seems like the most remote possibility to me personally. Right. Well, I mean, and you might be right. I mean, like my feeling is like I almost don't care what it is because yeah. it's it's interesting to me no matter what. But if it is an external thing, they are limited to those words that are coming over the air at that time. So that this is what I think people don't take into consideration. So if this is an external thing that's using this to communicate, they're not able to possess the person at the radio station and make them say what they want yeah, to so say. So they have like a limited vocabulary. They're limited. And my thought about the other is that our time constraints don't apply to them. That's how they're able to make predictions in the case of the Mothman prophecies. That's how they're able to presumably read our minds and outthink us in terms of Bigfoot and everything else and just go where where we're not. You know, where, where they oh, you know think it. that's because it's a it's a difference in time in linear time. I think there's some something to do with time. For and again, this is just Tim theory. This isn't yeah. any deep knowledge. My thought is that this thing outside of our time is able to hear the question and then kind of skip ahead or already be ahead. I'm not sure mm-hmm. you know how it works and take those bits and say, okay, I want to say this as an answer, mm-hmm. right? I want to say. Get off the bridge. I'm going to light your hair on fire. Mm-hmm. I don't have those words, mm-hmm. but I do have, you know, because I'm I'm ahead in time. I know this announcer is going to say get. The next one, you know, is going to say out. The next one's going to say now, and the next one's going to say leave. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pop, 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 pop. Give them that those four words in a row. So they get out now, leave. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like. That's why you don't always get direct answers to your questions, but you get sort of answers to your questions because the other is limited to, you know, it's like your magnetic poetry. Mm-hmm. You only have so many words you can play with. It's limited to whatever words are are on. So you on don't hear whole phrases like you you wouldn't hear somebody announcing a song. No, you would hear blips like usually. Oh, it's like constantly scanning. It's constantly okay. scanning. So we have it set where you get what I- one or maybe two words at a time, right, Chad? I might sometimes. It depends on the on the the speed of the speaker. Mm-hmm. I might get two. I might get one word. Sometimes I'll get four words. Like I'll get a whole phrase. If you remember, we were doing at Devil's Hole. I had that one phrase that was "mighty native people," you know, which was almost four people, four you know, four words. Right. Yeah. So, but because the ghost box does pause. At different rates on different on the channels. Yeah, so it's scanning so between have, channels. Yeah. Yep, I'll have where it it might hold longer on one channel and then might be quicker on another. So, are there so ex- examples it, of this, like in the era of like uh, ham radio, where people were doing stuff like this? That's a really interesting question. I think this is a, more that of a, is one. a modern thing. But, but that would be so great. Yeah. With, I'm sure there's stories of people with weird things that come through on ham radio. There were people. Around the time of Edison, who claimed to have like radios where they could talk to the dead. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean that was one of the major reasons for that device. There there were there were, I think there were times where back in the beginning where people were 
of radio of recordings where they would get strange recordings, you know, early, early EVPs, or, you know, they would be listening to the radio and you'd hear odd stuff come over the radio. There was one, and I don't necessarily want to call them a cult, but there was one group of people I know who claimed to have a device that they could speak to the dead with, like some kind of radio type device or CB Mm -hmm. or something. And this is is pre-Ghostbox. I think that back in the 20s, I don't know if it was on your episode or if it might have been on one of Barbara's episodes on um, Six Degrees of John Keel. There was a man out in Ohio who built like this cabin and it was supposed to use music and all that to contact the dead. Mm. I don't, I don't it, remember exactly what, what it was. If it's in Ohio, but, uh, I'd say it's man. probably, probably one of her episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think, I think if I were a dead person, though, it would depend on what kind of music you're playing. <laughs> I wouldn't answer to some. <laughs> Hollow notes? Nah, I'm, no, not, no. I'm not coming through for that. No, 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 no. Very limited yacht rock for my... <laughs> well, you know, you, know, you know the dead listen to death metal, right? Mm. <laughs> it would be death metal. <laughs> there. Yeah. There, there oh. you go. Now that I know where that button is, I think, Chad, I can use it on your behalf as well for Tim. <laughs> yeah. If you okay. need me to press that for for you, so I can do it for Tim. For my bad jokes. Yep. For your bad puns. Yeah. There's no such yeah, thing. Yeah, bad pun. No such thing as a bad pun. So, um, do but, you, do you find that the ghost box is for both of you, um, a more fun or more effective tool of? Again, it depends. You know, like. Yeah. When, when we were using it at Hans Graf Cemetery, it was just kind of annoying because it wasn't working at all. There were people with us that, that weren't usually with us, and which was not a problem. It's not like I was, you know, we invited them along and we were, we were happy they were there. They're not bad mojo. They're nice No, people. exactly. But did it affect that in some way? I don't know. Does it have to be know. personal enough where there's only two people where there isn't there aren't bystanders, you think? Yeah, I don't know. See, on, uh, on Hellier, they, they used it with the whole group there and had would seem to be great success. They did great long sessions. I honestly don't know how much they edited it out. Mm-hmm. Did they get a bunch of nonsense and then get – because they, they said they did like a like a 40-minute ghost box session or something mm-hmm. in this cave. It might have even been longer. But they don't show that much on the show. Yeah, they couldn't, yeah. They show some questions. Now, was the, did the rest make sense or did, was the rest nonsense? Did they edit out nonsense? Our sessions were so short – I edited out some pauses between because sometimes like I'll ask a question and there's just nothing coming over. Yeah. And there's just a long pause before Chad says something. I edited out like some of those pauses. I would shorten them. Mm -hmm. But pretty much what you hear are the ghost box sessions we did. They were very short and very poignant. They were just like, bam, like we Mm -hmm. just turned the ghost box on and we would just, you know. And did you switch it up? No, we didn't. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I think Chad just seems like a, 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 a better medium, maybe. I don't know. Well, you're an extra large. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I will say, one thing I'm going to add, there is a difference in feeling between each ghost box session. Yeah. Like yeah. In Hans, Hans Graft, when we were doing that, it just, the whole night felt off. That area felt, when I say off, I don't mean in a negative context, but like, 
just I didn't wasn't... just I didn't feel yeah, it wasn't clicking is the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. And when I was doing the session, I didn't have the same feeling. Now, this is totally subjective, okay, by my point of view. But I didn't have the same feeling there that I did as in Devil's Hole and at the bridge. Yeah. The bridge was, out of the three areas that we've done Ghost Box sessions in, the bridge was the strongest and was very direct. This is just a, uh, a an aside for like a Gettysburg aside. I don't know if either one of you know this, but all these place names were they there before the war? Like Devil's Den, Devil's Hole, like these sort of. Um... Yeah, Devil's Den was. Yeah, yeah. Some people say it was named because it was a a big snake that was supposed to be there. Um, there are lots of reports in Pennsylvania newspapers, by the way, of giant snakes back in the day. Some people say it was named. Oh, okay. Th- there was a. They called the snake the devil or something. It was, oh, it was okay. a, a big snake that was there. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, it was called that before. Okay, so before the, the battle. okay. Devil's Hole uh, in York County. It goes back a long way. There was a quarry there. I'm not sure if it was called that because there was a quarry there. The whole area around it was called Devil's Hole, not oh. just the quarry. That whole area was called Devil's Quarry, and I, I submit that they. Stop calling it that because it's really hard to sell a house in a place called Devil's Hole. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the bridge was very direct. Devil's Hole was also direct, but not as strong as the bridge. And when I did the ghost box sessions out of the bridge, that took a lot out of me versus Devil's Hole. And Hans Groff was, it was like almost nothing like you didn't feel any difference mm-hmm. before or after I did the session. Yeah, the interesting so. thing about Hans Groff is that we were at, what, Laurel Hill Cemetery right before that, mm-hmm. and it was still daylight out, and there was definitely, you know, when we talk, whatever feelings are worth, I mean... Woo! Yeah. Uh, you know, you should exactly. have a quote on that. Yeah. <laughs> whatever feelings are worth... There was more of a feeling at Laurel Hill during the day than there was at Hans Graf when it was dark, you know, and, and we were there. And right. it's more remote and stuff. And I've never gotten a particularly eerie feeling from Hans Graf. There's all these stories. There's a ton of stories associated with that cemetery. Werewolves and vampires. Is that the little one you me to? Yeah, we've been there a couple of times. I think because it's like so close. To, I mean, it's pretty close. If you needed to get to somebody's house, you wouldn't need to really yell that. <laughs> oh yeah, so they're, they're, it's not like it's like there a are houses right there, but it's it's more remote than Laurel Hill. Yeah, you know, it's, but it's it's a little walled-in cemetery. I forget which episode it was. You can go back and find it if you're interested. But yeah, I've never gotten a particularly scary. You know, there's supposed to be werewolves and ghosts of werewolves and ghosts and ghostly white dogs and werewolves that walk down the road and a vampire if you walk around the cemetery backwards seven times or something which you know i've got ms so (laughs) (laughs) you have to do that by proxy someone else i gotta do that for you you know so there's tons of stories like i've done it and i'm still alive (laughs) a lot a lot of stories associated with that grave and i've never gotten any real like eerie or weird feeling from it where do you think the weirdest place in gettysburg is do you think the bridges are for both of you, I want to know the answer for both of you. Eisenhower, are you talking woo? Or are you go anything? Ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Tim. Anything. Eisenhower Bridge, it, like I said, if if somebody came to me and said, 
I have time to visit one place in Gettysburg. I want to go someplace where something spooky happens. I'd tell them to go there. Like, if you only have time to visit one place, because, again, my experience is there that's that your chances of something happening there are a lot higher uh-huh. than any place else I've been in Gettysburg. So, you know, if we're talking that, there you go. If we're talking, like, favorite places or places that mean a lot to me, I mean, the, the Hermit area now is, like, so high up on my list. It, it's just I was so happy when... When John and I found that, and then when, when Chad and I went back and we found the cave, personally, that means a lot to me. And the, neither one of those things really have anything to do with the war. <laughs> no. 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 Both of those no. things are post-battle. Yeah. Yeah. And Chad, what's your favorite or spookiest or whatever part of Gettysburg? Well, the the bridge is definitely up there as far as, like, from my personal experiences, the bridge is definitely number one just because I've spent more time there and I've had more happen there. What we should probably do is like a, a ghost tour, like a, a virtual ghost tour of Gettysburg. Yeah. Of Gettysburg yeah. 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 Yep. And yeah. number two for me is Reynolds Woods. I've had some couple of experiences there that were like crazy. Like when I was driving through at night and I literally had a radio come on by itself and change channels. That was uh, kind of spooky. Which area is Reynolds Woods? I'm like... I think it's the woods on the um, northern side of Triangle Field, I think. I could be wrong, so, but it, it's clearly legal. So out near... It's where the the, wood, the roads are really windy that go through it. Go near ahead, near Devil's Den. Mm-hmm. Near Devil's Den. That near, might have been the place Devil's where we Den. photographed those lights. That's out. what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah that was like... I wasn't even really like I don't like the dark, so I'm always going to be sort of on edge when we're somewhere at night in mm-hmm. the dark. Not because I really believe mm-hmm. in ghosts or anything, but because I don't like the dark. Right. <laughs> so I'm always on edge. Right. But when we were taking pictures, it was one. It was like the first time that I really had that realization of how different Gettysburg is during the day than at nighttime. Yeah. And it really changes. Mm-hmm. It really was like I felt like at any moment. Not that any anyone was waiting in the wings to get us or anything, but that there was stuff in the woods. <laughs> well, we yeah. certainly we certainly got lights, and I, I would we're gonna have to find those. I, I know we kept I, those photos. Oh yeah, we have them. Yeah, I, I think I think that was Reynolds Woods. I think that was the woods we were hiking in too, Tim, that night before we went to the bridge. Okay, we Is went that out near the we, peach orchard. Uh, I'd have to look at a map. Like I said, I think it's when you, where the triangle field is, after you go past Devil's Den on the road, the triangle field's to the left, and as you get into that section of woods where the road is really windy, mm-hmm. I do believe that's Reynolds Woods. And it is a particularly kind of creepy section of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just wonder how many I, people I are underfoot that you don't even, that no one really mm-hmm. has any idea. Yeah, when you see those maps where they had just sort of amateur map makers m- making little tick marks of where they where they buried people. Oh yeah, yeah. And overlaid over the yeah. In the appendix to the the paperback of the Witch Cloud because we're talking about Rock Creek, the other bridge Solomon Road Bridge goes over Rock Creek. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about all the different strange things I could find basically along Rock Creek. Mm-hmm. In I think it was 1916. 
there was a guy who was fishing along Rock Creek and saw some bones coming up out of the mud mm-hmm. and pulled him out, and he pulled out the bones of a Union soldier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in 1916, they're still finding bodies. That's not a huge—I mean, you think about how much water you get at a certain part of the year, and then when that washes away and yeah, and, it, yeah. and things run down the mountain— yeah. That's not, that doesn't seem that out of the ordinary, that bones would come up with that amount of people. Yeah. He was moved to the wow. National Cemetery, by the way, with whatever bones he found there. Oh, wow. That guy found were removed. That's cool. Yeah, but, you know, there's so many people there. There's so many people in those grounds. Uh, oh, yeah. And just, part, and just parts of people. Yeah. You, yeah. you think about pe- people were vaporized. When they fired the canister shots, you were vaporized. Anybody who was... In front of that, it was gone. And I know it's horrible to think about, but that's how it was. There, there might just be people who are, like what you say in the beginning of the book, Allison, and you say about the amount of blood and all that seeped in the ground. It's more than blood. There's probably still, like, it's just tiny pieces of bone mm-hmm. that are there. Yeah, I wish just you could just sort of shine, shine a particular kind of blacklight over it. And you can oh, see wow. down through the layers and they know who's down there. Get caught for relic hunting. Well, I don't, no, I don't <laughs> particularly want to find, like, I just want to, like, I just want to know where the people are. I don't want to, I don't want a finger bone. <laughs> I have a question for you, Alice. Okay. Would you, some night when yeah. it's warm, yeah. venture out to Gettysburg at, say, two in the morning and go to the bridge with us? If we go any other time, there's going to be too many people there. Oh, basically. really? It has to be two in the morning? I mean, yeah. there's there's people there all the time, which is it's strange. When we first started going there, we had long stretches of time where it was just us. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't lead to anything, right? No, it's people just coming for ghost hunting. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I was like, you yeah. brought me there in the middle of the afternoon like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, why would anybody be here? <laughs> no, they're just coming for ghost oh, okay. hunting at night. Yeah. Or just yep. to hang out. I mean, sometimes, but you know. Hang yeah, out and and this stuff. is just another like uh, fun Gettysburg. Since we're kind of on the Gettysburg topic, I wondered if either one of you had like a favorite Gettysburg ghost story, like that you've heard. Not something that happened to you personally, but maybe one of the oft-told legends of um, maybe dubious nature or not. Like, <laughs> I mean, my favorite is the one I just unearthed about the hermit. You know, they said he was, they he would be seen on Wolf Hill mm-hmm. after he died. But of like, what the about cl- public, published yeah, story? Yeah, like the classic canon of, of of Gettysburg ghost stories. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember. There's so many. Chad, do you have one? Do you have like a favorite one? That yes, you... I do. Okay, yes, I do. I like the one with the elevator. Yes, I think it happens in in the college. Yep, that that's my favorite that one. Wrong. I was just gonna say that's my where they yeah. open the doors and it's a different time period. Yeah, and it's just like this battlefield. I guess it was like a medical was a thing they were saying. Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, people being assaulted and limbs being thrown out the windows. And that one, I for some reason I like. Yeah, that's my favorite too. That's the one I was gonna say. See, I didn't want to name that one because I know Al- that you know Allison. That's Allison's <laughs> it's favorite, such a good so. one. I, I though. didn't know that. I. I I yeah, did Chad didn't know that. Know that. But I always, but yeah, I always felt that that was particularly. That's a cool one. The, the time slip. Yeah, there's a neat one of a woman in white out by um, Spang- Spangler Spring. Spangler Spring. Yeah, who uh, near the water. Yeah, who uh, is supposed to wait there for her, her beloved, mm-hmm. 
I don't think it, I think this is a one of the rare like post battle stories too. I think I don't think it was a soldier. I think she mm-hmm. this was post civil war. Mm-hmm. That, that but her for whatever reason her bow never came. I don't know if he died or what. But her ghost is supposed to to be out there by the spring. Oh, I have a question that maybe um, because this is a place of uh, a lot of tragedy and I'd say in anything but a war, tragedy is pretty equally. Um, affecting both men and women. Mm -hmm. And this is an area where there's a horrific amount of tragedy affecting men in that particular area. Do you think that there's a particularly, like, echoes of a a, sort of like an aggressive sort of stereo, I'm going to speak in very stereotypical terms, stereotypical sort of aggressive male energy in there that might not be apparent in an area where a tragedy occurred that might affect well, I mean, I would immediately argue that while men were, yes, mostly the brunt of, you know, the big violence, mm-hmm. it was a lot, a lot of women who had to deal with the horror. Yeah, that's true. They were patching, yeah. they were patching them up. Uh, one of our listeners pointed out that there was a woman over there, and we might want to tackle this for for another episode that was very involved in burying Mm -hmm. and dealing with the dead. I don't know if she was digging graves. I don't know her story. It's a story that we should, we should learn though Mm -hmm. and cover it. So they were dealing with the dead. They were dealing with the wounded. They were dealing with putting things back together, you know, after Mm -hmm. the battle. So, but it wouldn't have necessarily like um, an aggressive sort of malevolence kind of of violence. I mean, other than, Jenny Wade, who was, you know, killed. Yeah. But even that wasn't like, I am staring someone in the eyes who's going to kill me kind of Right. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I get to look the guy in the eyes and then he bayonets me from neck to gut. Um, I guess it would be <laughs> gut, gut to neck. They went in and up. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the nature or the gender of it that matters. I think it's just that it happened, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know that I necessarily get like a big male violent energy in there. Just um, sadness. Yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of that when I'm yeah. I mean, and I don't think I'm like someone who I would say would is particularly go ahead. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh and when people say, Oh, I'm picking up on whatever kind of energy, I don't know what that really means. Like and would I pick up on that if I didn't already know the backstory of it? You know, right. like it's yeah. really hard to It'd be one thing if you just were dropped off at five different locations that you knew nothing about and had a feeling about it and then found something out about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Already knowing it, though. Is- yeah, what you know definitely plays into it. You know, it it's, it's impossible to separate that. Yeah. Or is it that something that's there playing on what you know? Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, that's true, too. There you go. That's one of the points of the witch cloud. Are people bringing these ideas and this energy mm-hmm. to these areas and, in a sense, haunting them mm-hmm. with this energy they're bringing? Yeah, like if you, if you can enchant yourself, can you haunt yourself? Right. Like people – so many people – oh, so this is – people killed themselves on that bridge. People killed themselves on that bridge and they bring this there, this expectation, this darkness. Or there's something there waiting and people bring the darkness and it, it takes that up and – plays with it or you know whatever yeah is it easier on one hand to to think of these various these sort of stereotypical these sort of tropes 
of suicide and these kind of things, these these sort of um, impersonal monsters as opposed to the horror of the of war that, you know, someone could have died of dysentery below the bridge, you know, like <laughs> that's maybe a little less romantic, tragically romantic, you know, like the amount of people that fell over over here because they had some bad meat, you know. Like, right. Willoughby Run, which Eisenhower Bridge crosses, mm-hmm. I did find newspaper articles that said that was one of the creeks that did run red with blood during the battle. I imagine almost every bat- creek in Gettysburg ran red with blood. And did it really? Like, was it like actually? I like, don't. I- <laughs> this is just a newspaper article I found, okay. right? So, yeah, who knows? But one of the ideas of the book is to question what are ghosts? And I think people read that and they take away one thing. You know, if people read Where the Footprints End, I want them to go away from that questioning, what is Bigfoot, right? I don't have any answers, but I want them to read those books and go, ooh, what is this thing? I don't think it's a monkey. Like, what is this? There's a lot of weird stuff associated with this. I want to maybe someday do a sort of Where the Footprints End kind of book on ghosts, about ghosts, Mm -hmm. and challenge the idea that ghosts are simply the spirits of dead people. Because what we have at Saks Bridge and what we have at Eisenhower Bridge is a lot of people coming in experiencing things and absolutely no evidence of these stories that are told about either place. There's no evidence of these Confederate soldiers being hanged on the bridge. The bridge isn't even the same bridge. The one bridge that was, quote unquote, there during Mm -hmm. the Civil War has been moved. I don't know how much of the original wood they used. Mm Probably none, honestly, mm-hmm. or maybe some. But it's not even the bridge that was there. It's been moved and rebuilt at this point. Eisenhower Bridge was not there during the Civil War. The stories of Confederate soldiers being hanged, we cannot prove that being true. We, I highly doubt it is true. The other stories associated with the bridge, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. The Eisenhower Bridge, we, I cannot find one story of anyone being killed on the bridge. Mm-hmm. I found a story of a horse being killed on the bridge, which is a horrible thing. And like, Yeah, that's the other thing too. I mean, we talk about all of the the, the uh, human death and loss and everything. The, when I was reading the accounts of how many horses were dead on the field, why do we not see ghost horses constantly over there? Yeah, I mean, well, whatever. I think they have heard them. Yeah, uh, there's definitely on Calvary. Field. Actually, people have heard hooves going across Saks Bridge. Uh, They've heard, yeah. yeah. But what I could find is one horse dying on Eisenhower Bridge. Mm-hmm. Another tragedy nearby, a guy flipped his truck in in the 80s, I think mm-hmm. 1980 or something, when you could drive across it. Yeah. He was trying to make that curve. He didn't make it, flipped his truck into the creek and died. Oh. So there have been some tragedies there, not suicides. Mm-hmm. And the things that people are seeing there, mm-hmm. like Shannon and Bethany talked give this incredible description of this. They pull up and they see this apparition and we said, well, describe it. And they said, Chad and I are standing there. He says, well, it was as wide as you two guys standing together. It was seven feet tall. Its hands hung down below its knees. Oh, you mean like Bigfoot? I've, well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it, and he's like, that's the entity on the bridge. That's the ghost. You know what I mean? So what what human spirit is seven feet tall with hands that hang down to its knees, you know? Like if it goes. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe, <laughs> you know, but. Confederate so, super soldier. So we are left with this question is like, okay. And I know this is, 
I won't press the woo button again, but let's just throw out the window that I know Allison is like, you're starting in a place where can hauntings even exist at all, mm-hmm. right? Let's throw that out the window and just say, okay. let's, let's just say hauntings exist. Yeah. Well, what the hell is haunting this place? Because these ghosts that people are claiming, none of these stories are true. So it's it's haunted by things that people made up. Perception. By ideas that people brought there. What is going on? Or by something that is using these ideas. To draw people to, to there. To draw people there, to mess with people, or for whatever purposes we don't know. So what are ghosts? Because they seem to be more than simply the spirits of dead people. There's something else there. I always think of it as like concurrent time that we just are not able to, because we process time in a linear way, that when we start to see little glitches of things that are, if all time really does happen at the same time, mm-hmm. and we process it in a linear way, is there just something that we're doing, like kind of like a radio dial, Yeah, that it finally lets us see something that we didn't see previously? Well, I think a lot, a lot of hauntings when people see, like, okay, we're in this haunted house in Gettysburg and we see a woman in Victorian clothes and she walks by, down this hallway and we see that again and again and again. We mm-hmm. always see. I think that's absolutely what's happening. It's some kind of recording in a sense. Yeah, and then I think we are adding to the recording by telling that story again. Oh, yeah. We're adding another layer. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. But I think we need to look at the very nature of ghosts because I think I think it's it's doing a disservice to the phenomenon to go, oh, they're spirits of dead people and just walk away because that's not what's going on in these bridges. What is going on I can't yeah, but necessarily say. Go ahead, Jen. By doing that by doing that disservice, you're not looking into it deeper. Right. You're just glossing over something that is more than what we know right you're not you're not doing it right you know you're not doing good even good science you know you need to dig in deeper and see what's there and people like to have answers people like to have have somebody sent me a video of someone talking about shadow people and this person had all the answers they said you know shadow people are just unevolved spirits and blah 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 they had all the answers and that's fine if she's right when i watch that i go well how do you know like, how, where's your evidence of this? Like, how, exactly. how, how do you know? And I think people, I mean, uh, people need to do that more with ghosts. And, and rather than just going, yeah. oh, there's a spooky story at this place. It's, it's this dead person. Look up, because a lot of times that dead person never existed. And I'm not saying people aren't seeing yeah. and experiencing the apparitions, because I believe that they are. But it's not of a dead person. And No, I, I think it's what you bring to it is a lot of it. The amount of intent that's brought to a place. I've said that before numerous times, and we've seen that before too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when there's a lot of intent, that that is a powerful force. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we as human beings shape our reality. You know, your perception, Allison's perception, my perception are all three different. We all see reality somewhat differently. You know, like if we were to walk into a forest, you know, just, this is just a perfectly good example for us. We would each three see something completely different. Right. I would you know? see things the right way, and you two would see 
<laughs> variations of, of wrong. I'm I would kidding. I would tell Tim. No. Did you bring your glasses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, no, it's absolutely the case. Yeah, Allison might see you know pretty flowers or something, or you know the dark, and you might see you know oh there's tree structures there, and you know me I'd be looking for you know what can I use for my next meal or to start fires with. Mm-hmm. So we we all bring our own perception energy. I don't know if that that word, but we all bring our own perception intent to these places. And as Allison said, we might add to it because yeah. when I tell that next story, it's whispering down the lane again. Yep. yep. When I tell that story, I add to it. You tell that story, you add it to it. We just added by doing the book. We just added to the story of the bridge. Hundred percent. We added a whole bunch of new stories to it. You're absolutely right. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Exactly. We just expanded other people's perceptions of this place. Hopefully for the better. But whispering down the lane, it's what folklore is. All right. I think with that, we'll let you have the last word, Chad, and we'll let you go. Chad, uh, as I said in the book, you were with me every step of the way during this. It was an incredible experience, and it was absolutely an honor to share those times with you. And I want to thank you for all your work with Strange Familiars and, and your friendship with me. And I couldn't have done the Witch Cloud without you. I just want to to thank you for being a part of Strange Familiars and all the the help and and work you put into things with me. You and all the generations of Reddings going back to the bridge. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Now we'll just have to work on how closely related you are to the people that own that property. I'm I'm actually curious about that. That that would be kind of interesting. It won't take long. We'll be able to do it. It's not that many generations. We'll figure it out. I I kind of figured that. I mean, it's got to be some kind of link somewhere. Everyone yeah. around here is related right anyway, so. All right. Absolutely. All right, Chad. Absolutely. You have a good night. Yeah, you too, sir. And and thanks. You know, thanks for everything. And I'm you know I'm honored to be part of this whole thing. It's been a great couple years. I I didn't even realize it was a couple years. I didn't realize that we've been that far. Oh yeah. Along this journey. Heck, heck yeah. But we definitely have some more experiences coming, so I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. All right, Chad, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Ninety days to the perfect puppy. If you need help with your puppy, go to ninety days to the perfect puppy. If he's running across a bridge, won't answer to you. If he's following ghosts across a haunted bridge. Whatever puppy problems you have, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you with mouthing and biting, potty training, fear and nervousness, barking. If your puppy's chewing on things they shouldn't be chewing on, like furniture or shoes. If you need help with crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. They have a relationship-based approach to training, which helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons. What kind of Facebook group is it, Allison? It's a secret one. It's a secret. It's the best kind of Facebook group. There's like a handshake and like a secret. <laughs> One-on-one options are available. You can find them at sithappens.us. What are you laughing <laughs> the secret handshake is appalling. Up. <laughs> one-on-one options are available. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Let 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy help you understand how your dog thinks 
and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, that's 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. have a sort of ghostly curiosity of the week here, Allison. Do you have a ghost in a bottle? No. I have some double exposure pictures. <laughs> but they're very ghostly. We have a group of ghostly kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what this other double exposure is. It almost looks like... A real ghost. Well, I don't know. It could be like a monument or something. Okay. Or a tree. I'm not sure. Some kind of structure, it looks like. That is very ghostly. Yeah, it's very, very neat. I mean, we're not saying they're ghosts, but... Oh, that family, they're just floating in and out of the ether, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. They're definitely double exposures, or the one might be a, a lighting issue, but uh, mm-hmm. they're cool. They're ghostly-looking photos. How old do you think they are, Allison, my photo expert? Roughly. 30s. I always thought it'd be cool to start collecting double exposures. Mm-hmm. Not to pass them off as real ghosts, but just because they're, they're ghostly. We'll put them up as a set. And if you go to the show notes... At strangefamiliars.com, under this episode, you'll see an image of these two photos. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase that or you can purchase other curiosities of the week. You can also get my artwork. You can get uh, the new vinyl stickers there. When we get the paperbacks of the Witch Cloud, they'll be available there. They'll also be back up on Bandcamp. You can still get the audio download. If you want the paperback and the download, those options will be available when we get the paperback books in stock, which should be sometime soon. Episode 300 is The Witch Cloud, which we've been talking about tonight. You can find the paperback on Amazon now. We will have the paperbacks in hand soon. If you want a signed copy, we'll put them on Etsy. We'll have options available with or without the download of the audio. We will also have it up on the Stone Breath Bandcamp, where you can order it either the book by itself or the book with the download. Or you can just get the download and listen to the audio of the witch cloud there. I like that uh, Tim has these little hand-drawn maps in the as the end papers of the of the book. Yeah, that was done as a that's a nod to Tolkien. I always loved oh, that okay. as a kid. The first page of the book was like a map uh-huh. of Middle Earth, and you kind of you kind of look at it and go, oh, you know. Oh yeah, like you can, and then it helps you to imagine it in your head, yeah. kind of like the Secret City. Yeah, so I, I I made a hand draw. That was a total nod to Tolkien. Shout out to Commander Mark too. It's one of our Absolutely. shared loves is Commander Mark's. Absolutely. Shout out to Commander Mark. And if you know who Commander Mark is, good for you. Practice your drawing every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we've done a lot of Gettysburg content lately leading up to episode 300. And even on this episode, as we were talking about the Witch Cloud, although I think we got into some concepts that were a little bit beyond hmm. that. And hopefully you enjoyed it. We're going to go back to regularly scheduled program. We got some interviews coming up and so forth. So we won't be hitting Gettysburg so hard. I'm sure we'll be back to Gettysburg, but we'll give it a break for a while. This isn't a show only about Gettysburg. But it does prove that if if need be, we could do one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we I have no doubt that we could do a podcast just about Gettysburg. As I mentioned before, any Etsy orders over $20 for the rest of March. We'll throw in one of those new Strange Familiars vinyl stickers. We are doing a giveaway related to the Witch Cloud of original artwork. We want to do something special as a celebration for 300, like we did all these other special things as a celebration of 300. I have, I'm afraid 400 is going to be a disappointment at this point. <laughs> I have no time to put together another celebration like this. Maybe 500 will do something big like this again. In any case, uh, I have a piece of artwork, original artwork that was 
used in the Witch Cloud. It's an illustration that appears in the book. I will sign this and give it away. We're just going to give it away to a random person to enter. Find us on Instagram. We're at Strange Familiars. It's one word. Make sure to follow us. We'll put a picture of this artwork up. It's a, it's a branch with a spider. Comment on that and tag another person in your comment. And you're automatically entered in a chance to receive this original artwork. I will throw in a copy of the paperback version of the Witch Cloud as well when they arrive. We will keep this contest open for, what, two weeks? Two weeks? Sure, till the books arrive. Two, and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll say two weeks, and hopefully the books have arrived by then. Uh-huh. We'll mention it again on next week's show. So, again— Are you going to have a specific uh, post where people do this? Yeah, I'm okay. going to put this an image of this artwork on Instagram. Okay. Make sure to find us on Instagram, like this post, comment on it, and tag someone else. And that'll, that's how you enter to win this artwork. We'll just pick somebody at random. Well, you want to roll dice or something? And we'll, we could do a random generator. We'll do a random generator, depending on the number of comments. Yeah. And then uh, whoever's picked, you will get the artwork and a paperback version of The Witch Cloud. I'll include an audio download code with that, too, so you get the... The full deal. Again, check us out on Instagram for that. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Hey, congratulations on 300. I mean, I know I sit here and it seems like I'm sort of part of the podcast, but I would say it's a good 98% Tim, 2% Allison. So really, this is a congratulations to you for, well, for perseverance. 300 of anything is... It's a lot, right? Yeah. Like I, And when we were coming up when I'm like, is it really 300? That's not like a and lot it's, of... It's actually more than that because we didn't used to number the patron episodes for the first like 20 or 30 patron mm-hmm. episodes. We didn't number them in... Uh, as in as, part of the... Thing. Yeah. So it's actually more than that, but we'll, we'll call it 300 because it's impossible to go back and change the numbering at this point. Yeah. I'm super happy. And as I said last year, this is where I'm meant to be. I truly believe it. And we will continue and hopefully... Thank everybody. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody who got the Witch Cloud. Thank you all. If you want to help support us, Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Check it out. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more Stone Breath or purchase music by Stone Breath or purchase The Witch Cloud, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, and that's where you can comment and tag someone on the artwork post to be entered to win the original artwork from the Witch Cloud. And you can always find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.